0: In Like Do Your Youth, Eugene Peterson writes these words. A search of scripture turns up one rather surprising truth. There are no exemplary families. Not a single family is portrayed in such a way so as to evoke admiration in us. There are many family stories There is considerable reference to family life, and there is sound counsel to guide the growth of families, but not a single model family for anyone to look up to in either awe or envy. The biblical material consistently portrays the family not as a normal uh, Norman Rockwell group beaming in gratitude around a Thanksgiving turkey, but as a series of broken relationships in need of redemption. Families in the Bible. A series of broken relationships in need of redemption. There's probably not a better illustration of a broken family in need of redemption than the family of Jacob, as seen in Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 36. For in that chapter, we see that Joseph is going to be alienated, estranged from his brothers, Jacob's sons. The question is why? Why do Jacob's sons alienate their brother Joseph? The reason why Jacob's sons alienate their brother Joseph is because of the word enmity. E-N-M-I-T-Y. It's not a very popular word that's used today. Enmity. What does it mean that you have enmity towards someone? The word enmity is the state or feeling of being opposed or hostile to someone or something. It's a deep-seated hatred that seeks to oppose, harm, or defeat another. Synonyms would include hostility, animosity, opposition, rancor, ill will, bad blood, or hatred. Jacob's sons had hatred and ill will and hostility towards their brother Joseph, which is the cause of the alienation and the fracturing of that particular family. There are three questions that need to be asked when we approach Genesis 37. The first question is this, what caused Jacob's sons to be hostile toward their brother Joseph? That's the first question that needs to be asked when we approach Genesis 37. What caused Jacob's sons to be hostile toward their brother Joseph? The first cause was paternal favoritism. Paternal favoritism was the first cause of Jacob's sons to have hostility towards their brother Joseph. Verses 1 to 4. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding or shepherding or pasturing the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them, or of them, to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. They couldn't speak civilly to him. Here we see that the hostility that Joseph's brothers had towards Joseph was because of paternal favoritism. When Joseph's brothers saw that Joseph was wearing this long tube, or the text says, a robe of many colors, what was that? Uh, scholars will debate on what this actually was. It was in a robe of many colors. Others, uh, other scholars believe that this was a long robe that would have went down all the way to the feet and the robe would have went all the way to the palms of his hands. And it would have symbolized the status of Joseph being the favored, loved son of Jacob. And when the brothers saw this, Every time Joseph had this tunic on, it, was, it reminded the brothers of the love that their father had for Joseph, but they were not recipients of it themselves. That's how they took it. That was the number one reason and the beginning of the hostility that, that Jacob's sons had for their brother Joseph. When parents play favoritism, it's going to create animosity within the family unit. This is what happens here. Notice that it was not the bad report that Joseph uh, was giving to his father that was the cause of this. The fact that the, the account of the bad report given by Joseph to his father, the reason why it's in the text is simply to highlight the fact that Joseph had a close relationship with his father Jacob to the likes of which the other brothers did not have. So it's highlighting the relationship between the father Jacob and Joseph. But it was the love of the father Jacob that was bestowed upon Joseph that was the cause of the hostility in the other brothers towards Joseph. First reason. The hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph, as we will see, intensified because of the divine revelation he had received and communicated to the brothers. This is another reason why there was hostility among the brethren. was because Joseph received divine revelation and communicated that revelation to his brothers. Verses 5 to 8. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves, bundles of grain stalks, in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now notice, in order to understand this, you have to understand dreams. Dreams in that culture, in that context, was always understood as a, as a medium by which divine revelation from the gods came. So if you had a dream and you conveyed that dream to someone, they would have understood that dream as being from the gods. In this case, it came from the one true God. So it was understood as a divine revelation. The fact that Joseph received divine revelation from the brother's point of view angered them. Not only were they angry and become hostile towards Joseph because he was the recipient of divine revelation, notice that they hated him because of the words, the content of that divine revelation. What was the content? I'm going to rule over you. Your sheaves are going to bow down to my sheaf. And Joseph's brothers, who are older than Joseph, don't like the fact that this divine revelation was telling the brothers that their younger brother was going to at some point in the future rule over them in their minds they're saying to themselves, Who does this kid think he is communicating to me from the from the heavens that you're going to one day rule over me okay we're seeing that the reason why there was hostility among uh among the brothers towards Joseph was because he received a divine revelation that told his brothers that this young boy was going to one day rule over them. So those are the two reasons why the brothers of Joseph were hostile towards Joseph. It was because of the love of the father towards Joseph and because Joseph received divine revelation that communicated to them that Joseph was going to one day rule over them. Notice that the brothers understood what the dream meant. They got it, okay? That's what causes the hostility of Joseph's brothers to be hostile towards Joseph. That's the first question. The second question that we need to ask when we come to this text is this. What effect did Jacob's son's hostility towards their brother, Joseph, have upon them? What effect did the brothers of Joseph, their hostility, have upon them? When they found out that their brother was loved by the father and received a divine revelation that said that he was going to reign over them, how did that affect the brothers? First of all, the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph defiled and hardened their hearts. Verses 9 through 11. Then he dreamed still another dream, and told it to his brothers, and said, look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked or censured and reprimanded him, and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied or were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, notice you have to look carefully to see this. Joseph has another dream, but this time he tells it not just to his brothers, he tells it to his father. Why does he do that? Because of the nature of the dream. The sun, the moon, and the stars, the 11 stars, Joseph understood, included his father, his mother, and his brothers. So he tells the dream to his father, but notice the response of the father in contrast to his brothers, to to Jacob's response and the son's response to Joseph's second dream. There's a difference. There's similarities, but there's differences. What's the similarity in how they respond? What's the similarity between how Jacob responds to the dream and his sons respond to the dream? Listen to this. Joseph's brothers, when they heard the first dream, said, What? Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? What was the father's response to the second dream? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? The response is basically the same. They rejected it verbally. Okay, the response of Jacob's sons to Joseph's second dream is different than Jacob's, though both Jacob's sons and Jacob himself outwardly expressed verbal disapproval upon hearing the message of Joseph's dream, it is Jacob alone who inwardly kept the matter in mind. That is, Jacob pondered the significance of Joseph's dream in his heart. The reason why the author gives us Jacob's internal response to Joseph's dream is to compare and contrast it with what was going on within the hearts of Joseph's brothers, which were filled with envy and jealousy. Though Jacob was not pleased with what he heard from Joseph, he was more receptive to Joseph's message in his heart than his sons were. The fact that Joseph's brothers had become envious and jealous in their hearts illustrates that their hearts were defiled and were hardening with each new divine revelation that was being revealed to them. The contrast the author wants to point out is what's going on inside of the brothers as with the father to show the envy and the hostility that has now impacted their hearts. That's what the author wants us to focus on. Their rejection of Joseph's dream and the content and the fact that Joseph was loved by his father has affected their hearts internally. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 as he speaks to his disciples about what causes a person to be defiled. What goes into the body or what does it come out of the body? From the heart is what defiles a person. Isn't that true? Jesus said that. Jesus said to them, to his disciples, What comes out of a person is what defiles a person, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, jealousy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. The author is showing us that because Joseph's brothers rejected Joseph because of the love that the father was pouring upon him, and also because he received divine revelation that was going to exalt the younger brother over Joseph, it affected their inward hearts. It became defiled, and they were envious and filled with hatred. That's what happened to Joseph's brothers because of their hostility towards their brother. Secondly... The hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led them further away from the presence of their father. Verses 12 to 17. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to them, here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him saying, what are you seeking? And so he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here, for I have heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now what's going on here? Joseph's brothers remember the last time that they went to feed their flocks. Joseph, their younger brother, goes and tells their father, gives them a bad report. So what do the brothers do this time? I'm going to get as far away as I can as I pasture, my, as I pasture our father's flocks. That's what, the Joseph, that's what Jacob's sons do. Go as far away as possible. They go to Shechem. Shechem was 50 miles away from Hebron, which is where they were. They travel 50 miles away to get away from, J, from Joseph so that he won't give a bad report. But they don't stop there. They go 15 miles further to Dothan. We see here that the hostility that they felt towards Joseph drove them farther away from the presence of their father Jacob because of that hostility. So we see two things so far, right? The hostility that Jacob's sons had for Joseph hardened and defiled their hearts and it drove them farther away from the father. Thirdly, The hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led to a plan of salvation that would seek to bring about reconciliation with the father through one's own effort. That's what happens here in verses 18 to 22. Now when they saw him afar off, the brothers did, even before Joseph came near to them, they conspired against Joseph to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, "'This dreamer is coming. "'Come, therefore, let us now kill him "'and cast him into some pit, "'and we shall say, "'Some wild beast has devoured him. "'We shall see what what becomes of his dreams.' "'But Reuben heard it, "'and he delivered him out of their hands "'and said, "'Let us not kill him. "'And Reuben said to them, "'Shed no blood, "'but cast him into this pit "'which is in the wilderness.' And do not lay hands on him. And he said this, that, that, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. Now notice that the brothers were upset at Joseph when they see him coming. They see him with this long robe on. They see Joseph coming. So here, here comes this dreamer. Right? What's the one thing that's on their mind when they see Joseph? The dream. That's what's on their mind. They can't stand the fact that their younger brother may rule over them. They can't stand it. They, don't want to, they, don't, they can't stand it at all. So they make a plan to kill him. Right? But Reuben says, "Ah, uh-uh, don't do that. I don't want you to kill him. And he had his own idea, Reuben did. He wanted to put him in some other pit so that he could save Joseph and bring him back to his father for one reason. To make his relationship with his father right again. In order to understand this, you have to know something about Reuben. Reuben was the oldest son of Jacob. And Jacob had a concubine named Bilhah, right? Reuben wanted to secure his place within the family as the oldest, so therefore he would receive a double portion of the inheritance. So in order to secure that, he ended up sleeping with his father's concubine But in the process of doing so, he ended up severing or straining the relationship with his father. So Reuben sees an opportunity to save Joseph from the pit and returning to his father in order to make things right with his father on his own terms. That's what Reuben's doing. He wants to save Joseph in order to bring Joseph back to his father in order to bring reconciliation with his father that's what he wants to do but plans like that will never work for no effort on a part of a person will ever be able to bring reconciliation with the father it won't happen and so we see that the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led to a plan of salvation because Reuben wanted to save Joseph that would seek to bring about reconciliation with the father through one's own effort fourthly The hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led to a warped sense of logic that rationalized sinful behavior. Verses 23 to 27. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, a cistern. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it and they sat down to eat a meal. Isn't that something? They just threw their brother into a pit to die, and they sit down to eat a meal. That's what happens when your heart gets hard, right? So they sat down to eat a meal and they lifted up their eyes and they looked and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let, us not, uh, and let not our hand be upon him for he is after all our brother and our flesh and his brothers listened to him. That's the logic that he used. We won't kill him. We'll just send him off to a band of Midianite traders as they go to Egypt, justifying his actions. What kind of thinking is that? Why would he think that? And the brothers listened to it. They say, yeah, it's a good idea. As these brothers were older than Joseph, their responsibility was to protect Joseph, not send him away into a foreign land, subject to anything, but they justified it in their own minds. And that's what happens when one is hostile this is this is what happened to Joseph, or Jacob's sons towards Joseph. It brought about and led to a warped sense of logic that rationalized sinful behavior. Fifthly, the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph revealed a heart that was chiefly concerned with one's own interest. Verses twenty-eight to thirty. Then, Midian, then the Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of a pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit. And indeed Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said. The lad is no more and I. Where shall I go? Here's Joseph. is being sold into Egypt. And all Reuben is concerned about. Is himself. And what's going to happen to him in his relationship with the father. This is what hostility can do to a heart of a person. And sixthly. The hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led to a deceptive plan to hide and cover up their sinful actions from their father. Verses 31 to 33. So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Here we see that the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph led to a deceptive plan to hide and cover up their sinful actions from their father. It's exactly what they do. This leads us to the third question What effect did Jacob's sons' hostility toward their brother, Joseph, have on the father? First of all, it caused their father inconsolable grief. Verses 34 and 35. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And his sons and all of his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in the morning, in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. We see that the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph not only had an impact on Jacob, but it also had an impact, or not only did it have an impact on Joseph's brothers, but it had an impact on Jacob as well, the father. And finally, the hostility of Jacob's sons towards Joseph did not stop God from carrying out his plan of salvation through Joseph. And we see that in verse 36. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and captain of the guard. The fact that this last verse is in this chapter is to show that God's plan of redemption was not going to be thwarted because of the son's hostility towards Joseph. Now, it's a long story, but here we see what hostility can do to individuals within a family. Now, why is this relevant to us? Well, what will cause people today to be hostile towards Jesus? What caused people to be hostile towards Jesus in Jesus' day? It was the fact that Jesus was highly favored of the Father when Jesus was baptized. What happened when Jesus was baptized? John the Baptist went to baptize Jesus. After he baptized Jesus, he comes out of the water, and there was a voice from heaven saying what? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well-pleased. This is my son whom I love. In John 3, 35, it says this. John the Baptist says, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. There is no other son of God that this is referring to other than Jesus, right? Jesus Christ is the only beloved of God the father, the only begotten. He has a favored status among all human beings because God became man right and what happened when God became man and he revealed to the people in his day that he was what the son of the father the only begotten that he was going to inherit all things right and what was the response of the religious leaders in Jesus' day they didn't like it they became hostile towards Jesus didn't that isn't that true and there are people today who are going to be hostile to the gospel message. When they hear the news of Jesus' favored status of the Father, and they hear the gospel message, which is the divine revelation from on high, spoken by either Jesus while he was on the earth, or by his ambassadors and representatives on the earth, the church, there are many in the world who do not like that message. Isn't that true? So... What will cause people today to be hostile towards Jesus? Jesus' favored status, his exalted status, and the fact that the gospel message which talks about Jesus' death and resurrection, being exalted in the heavens, is going to make people hostile in this society, in our world. And the culture in which we live in today, you're going to hear more people become more verbal in their expression, in their hostility towards Jesus and the gospel. It's going to happen. In the culture, you can see it happening already. What effect will people's hostility towards Jesus have on them today? It will defile and harden their hearts. It will lead people further away from the presence of the Heavenly Father. It will lead people to attempt to bring about reconciliation with the Heavenly Father through one's own effort, which is something that cannot be accomplished. It will lead people to a warped sense of logic that rationalizes sinful behavior. It will often reveal a heart that is chiefly concerned with one's own interests. And it will often lead people to hide or cover up their sinful actions from the Father. That is exactly what happens in a society that becomes hostile to Jesus and the divine revelation. That's the response that people, this is what happens to people inside when people reject and become hostile to Jesus, it is illustrated for us in the lives of Joseph, in the lives of Joseph's brothers towards Joseph. What, will, what effect will people's hostility towards Jesus have on the heavenly Father today? It will cause God the Father to be inconsolable with grief, and it will, but it will not stop God the Father from carrying out his plan of salvation by saving mankind through his son Jesus that is the story of Genesis chapter 37 we see that there was a fracture and an alienation of Joseph from the rest of the family because of the hostility that they had towards Joseph and the same is true with humanity humanity is hostile by its very nature towards Jesus Christ and it is only through Belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, where that severed, broken relationship can be reconciled because our sin has alienated us from the Father. And the only way that that relationship can be repaired is through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Any attempt to try to bring reconciliation with the Father through one's own effort will not work. And when people do so and hide their sins, and you go through all those points, It brings a tear to the father's eye because he knows the only way that I can have a relationship with sinful people is they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the hostility of man will not keep Jesus' gospel. and will not keep God's plan of salvation from being accomplished. God will fulfill his purpose through the gospel even in our day and age. It is an evidence of God's love for us that he would send his only son into this world so that we could have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. What's interesting about the love of God is seen in Joseph's story is that when the brothers went away to Dothan, they went 50 miles away to get away from Joseph. They, They had so much hostility towards Joseph, they went to Dothan 65 miles away to get away from their father because of Joseph. And yet, what was the father's response? Joseph, I want you to come here, do my will, and go check on your brothers far away. And when I think about Jesus Christ and the father's love for us, he sent Jesus into this world to save humanity from their sin. And Jesus' love was evident because he was willing to go to a hostile place, the world, in order to do so. Putting his own life at risk so that we could have a right relationship with Jesus. That is the love of the Father and the love of Jesus for you and for me. He was willing to subject himself to ridicule, to hate, to hostility, so that we could know Jesus and be in a loving relationship with him. That's the love of God. And on the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, he spent an intimate setting with his disciples. And it was there when he said to his disciples, he loved them, he loved them. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is given up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper had ended, he also took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all men and women, so that your sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? The cup that we bless, is it not a participation? in the blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us partake together in remembrance of what Jesus Christ and his love has done for you and for me. I would now ask two members of the council to come forward to distribute the elements. I will ask that you just hold on to the elements until we all have Receive them so we can partake of them together. The body of Christ, let us partake together. The blood of Christ, let us partake together. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son and for his willingness to come into this world and Subject himself to those he knew would be hostile to him. But he did so anyway because he loves us and wanted us to have a right relationship with you. We just ask, Lord, that we, you would empower us and fill us with your Holy Spirit to live lives that are honoring to you, that are reflective of who you are, of your character, so that we can perform the works that you have called us to do in this world. Lord, draw us nearer to you. Help us to sense your presence and to live a life that is pleasing in your sight. We love you. We thank you. We give you praise for you alone are worthy and deserving of it. And we thank you for this meal. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Let's continue our worship this morning by singing our final song, Amazing Love. Would you please stand if you are able? Jesus loves you. Yeah, we know that, but it's good to be reminded of it, especially in the times and the days in which we live. Jesus loves you, so much so that he was willing to face hostility for you, for you, for you. Jesus loves you, and nothing will ever change that. So have that in mind this week. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Now go in peace. Amen.